0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with Justin Gatlin, five-time Olympic medalist. We talk about the intestinal fortitude, what it took for him to be able to get through his trials and tribulations. We also talk about what was it like going up against Usain Bolt? Do you look forward to the next one? Last but not least, The 2021 Olympics, what would it mean to Justin to stand on the podium and have one more medal added to his collection? Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask Podcast show. I am your host, Akio Spikes, joined alongside by my co-host, better known as the...
0: Your favorite plus size model, International 2 in the building.
1: International 2 don't know how to speak another language, but I'll take it.
0: Je m'appelle tout temps, <laughs> oui oui, bonbons, <laughs> all that good stuff. All
1: right then, i shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, bro, but listen, man, without further ado, we got to bring our next guest on, man. But I want to give a little teaser a little bit. Listen. This man is a five-time Olympic medalist, a world champion, one of the best sprinters of our modern era. Man, y'all give it up. All this dude do, do is run. When I think about running fast, my hamstrings hurt. Give it up <laughs> for my guy, Justin Gatlin. What's up, bro? What's up, Scott? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? man. Chilly, man. Chilling in the A, you know, we, we we finally caught up with you. We had to wait until you slowed down and get tired. <laughs> <I> guess, <man.
2: laughs> I'm in fall training right now, so it's a, little, it's a little slow motion right now, so this is perfect timing.
1: All, all love, bro. All love, man. So how you been holding up through this pandemic, man?
2: Man, you know, um, at first, I ain't going to lie. I was like, man, it's easy. We get through it, you know. And then I ain't going to lie. That depression set in a little bit, man, you know not be able to get out, see loved ones, you know, see family, but also it messed up our whole season. You know, we kept pushing meets back and back and I I'm international. So I got to fly overseas to really be able to sustain, you know, a living the right way. So all that was shut down. So this past season, 2020 has been pretty much in the can for me, man. But now I'm getting ready for 2021, getting ready for the Olympic campaign, man.
1: I feel you that Olympic campaign and, we all been waiting on it. It's coming up soon, a little bit postponed, but I want to go back to your first Olympic gold medal at the age of 22. Man, take us back to that experience, bro. Like, like, what was that like for you being able to experience that and also bring home the hardware?
2: Man, Spikes, it was like a, a fast track to your your dream. That's like saying, like, if you went straight One season in uh, in NCAA football and went straight into the NFL. And then your first year in the NFL, you make it to the Super Bowl. And then from there, you know, you win the Super Bowl championship. It was was a dream come true. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of discipline put into it. Um, So standing at that starting line, man,
1: it was. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you still can be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It was like I arrived. All the hard work
2: started to pay off, and I just kind of relaxed and just let my thing just happen, man. Just ran for my life, competed for my life, and came across the line with the victory.
0: Nice. And then at 34, you were the oldest to win an Olympic medal in a non-relay event. So, how do you still find the motivation now? Even after 34, you're like you're 38 now, right?
2: Yeah, I'm 38, man. So 38. how do you find the
0: motivations to still compete at such a high level when you're going against the 22-year-olds that want to beat a Justin Gatlin?
2: Man, you know, I, I take the great words from the late Leah, man. The age ain't nothing but a number, man. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like seriously, like I just, I train with younger people. Like the youngest person in our group just turned 20. So they were 19. So I'm training with people who, when I won my first Olympic medal, you know, they weren't even in school yet, not even in kindergarten, you know. So now I'm training with them. And I've been on Olympic teams with people. When I met them, they were in seventh grade. Now we are Olympic teammates. So it blows my mind when I realize that I have have really stood the test of time and I'm really out there competing with these younger people. And I'm still doing it because I love it, man. I love it.
1: Bro, like, you talk about, it's the longevity. I played 15 years, retired at 36. But you still doing your thing, bro, in the upper 30s. So I that's big shout out, commend you for being able to do that and hold up to that level. But I, I got to ask you one of the fan questions, because this is something everybody wants to know, especially when it comes to uh, you had some epic battles with Usain Bolt. You know, y'all got the best of each other a few times, but from the starting blocks to the finish line, like, give me some type of imagery. Like, what was it like, bro? Like, what was that mentality getting into the blocks? I, of course, you know, you felt like you was going to win, but paint a picture for me.
2: All right, so I'm gonna take you back a little bit. Um, I'm usually known to be a guy who can come on late, you know what I mean? and. Overstride. I was called a long strider for a long time. So like everyone would see my legs coming before they see my body. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here it come. He's inching up. He's inching up. Now you flip that and now you're going against somebody who's 6'5". I'm 6'1". And he has that same capabilities. So literally I had to I had to compartmentalize a whole section of my training that would cater to competing and combating against someone like Usain. Anybody else in the world, I can get away with certain mistakes and still have the victory. But with him, I had to adjust my training program just to be able to stay stride for stride with a guy like that, or even just battle him. You know, Where a lot of guys have fallen off, they never even was able to touch him after 50 meters. I was the guy who was able to stay with him for 50 meters and had to run him to the finish line. But getting in the blocks, man, it's just a lot of energy a lot of energy and you know when you shoulder to shoulder with somebody where the fans are going crazy for, you just know, okay, gun goes off and everything just goes instinctual. Like you just out the blocks running for your life, working on your stride and then maybe 20 meters before the finish line, that's the gut check. That's when you know you're going stride for stride and you got to die for the finish line and y'all looking at each other and gritting your teeth and bearing like, ah.
1: So y'all really do be <laughs> looking at each other
2: like, ah. Oh 100%, 100%. It was, in in 2015 was my was considered my best year. I was killing everybody, breaking every record, going going to every stadium around the world, smashing every record, right? And when we got to the world championships, you know, he knew he was lunch. He was like, "Damn, I'm not ready for this." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I'll just I was I was running 97s like it was just a factory come off the assembly line, and he wasn't ready for that. And then when the gun went off, instead of like competing I just I wanted to race. So I was mm-hmm. like, back when we back in the day, you know, you just foot racing down the street. That's where my mind went to, because I figured I had it already lock, lock stock, and barrel. And then he, he, he edged me out of the finish line, and then he looked back at me, and this the look he gave. Me, he looked like, dude, that should have been your race. Mm-hmm. That should have been your race. And ever since then, I understood that it was seizing the moment. Don't worry about what people say you got or if it's going to be an easy win for you, you still got to fight for it.
0: And then you turn around and you actually beat Bolt in his last world championship, and usually the crowd cheers for you. You had some up and downs in your career, but this particular time they booed. You went on and you saluted Bolt, you hushed the crowd, but was that victory bittersweet for you? Or, you know, were you just happy to get the victory? Like you said, you knew you were going to win.
2: You know, the funny thing is I always thought like, man, I wish I could do it over and I wish, you know, it wasn't so many boos, but I appreciate the way it happened because it showed my fortitude. It showed that once I had got to the starting line, I knew who I was as a person. I knew what I was there to do. So no matter how many boos there were and how loud the boos there were, I still come there to get the job done. And that's what I did. So at the end of the day, usually people will be like, oh, I'll beat you, same boy. I'm going to run around, go crazy. Ah, na na boo-boo, all that kind of crazy stuff. But for me, it was like I had to pay respect and homage to him because he was the only cat of my whole career that made me really self-reflect and say, damn, okay, I have to evolve. I have to step my game up to be able to combat against somebody. So, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to necessarily beat him in his last race to, like, stick it to him. It was he knew made the best man win. It always been like that. So when we step on the line, you got to bring your A game. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. But on that day, I won.
1: Bro, and it, it's, 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 it's quite amazing, dog, like to be able to have this opportunity, not only to sit down with you, but to see you still putting in that work. I think about last year running a 9.89, you know what I mean? So, and to me, it looks like you ain't slowing up no time soon. <laughs> but when you look back early in your career or just even in the middle part, what would the, the record books have read if you would not hadn't missed if you had not missed any time on the track due to some of the suspensions.
2: Man, you know, um, it was a lie. It was it was years and years of my life where I thought about that. Like what could have happened if I stayed. And um I, I don't know, man. It, c- it could have went bad. I could have I could have met you saying at a younger part of my career and he could have wiped me off the map. For all I know. You know what I mean? Because I wouldn't I wouldn't be ready for him. He just came out of nowhere, basically. But I was able to sit back and watch him from afar. And I was able to build myself up to be able to compete against a monster like that. So I, I really don't know. But I know that whatever my cards were dealt to me, I was gonna play the best hand possible. And you know, I'm very pleased about where my career is because not only am I praised for my speed, but I'm also respected for my fortitude. And I really, I really I really wanna leave my sport with people thinking, okay, man, you know, it's not about a race all the time. Sometimes it's about
1: a fight. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, as youngsters, we have guys who we look up to. Uh, I remember looking up at Walter Payton, even though I played on the defensive side of the ball, but I had guys who I looked up to who I really wanted to model my game after when we say the name John Carlos, uh, what's one of the things that comes out to you in your mind that when you hear his name called, hero,
2: the one and only thing, hero, because you, we, we're put and I and I can't speak for other sports like the NFL and NBA or Major League Baseball or anything else, but as American athletes who represent the United States of America, we're put in a weird situation where we have to carry that pride of of the United States um across seas and battle against you know other countries and when we stand on top of that podium and we put our hand over our heart and we say the the anthem you know you're smiling because you did it for your country you did it for the people who who really believed in you now on the flip side you know you you looking at it like man with all this dysfunction that we have you know in our country and our division it's like how do you not go into a competitive mode you know and how do you able to keep the pride over top of the division in your heart, you know? Because you want to go out there and do it for your people, but you got to remember your people aren't all black people. Your people are all Americans, and that's how we always been taught that way. So, it's a it's a weird situation.
0: And you you had I'm pretty sure some some either role models or people that you did look up to coming up as a young athlete. Who were some who are some of the sprinters that you? Uh, took admiration to you, you, you modeled your game after saying, you know what, I want to I want to be like this person when I grow up.
2: Oh, man, I was a student of the game. Everybody, even females. I looked mm-hmm. at them, I watched them. I mean, I still got a, a VHS cassette tape. I don't even know where I'm going to play it at, but I got it, right? And it has all the world records in modern era. It has most of the fastest races from a Michael Johnson, from a Flo Joe, from a Maurice Green, to uh, to Carl Lewis, you know, so you have all these people who have done great things in the sport. And I was like, I don't want to just be just a sprinter. I want to be a total package sprinter. So I watched everybody. I watched everybody. And in my in my room in high school and in my dorm room in college, it was, you know, usually, you know, us dudes who have pictures of girls in bikinis or whatever Victoria's Secret models. It was track. It was track athletes. And that's all I thought about all day long. I was thinking about form, technique, effort, everything, and trying to emulate that.
1: Bro, like, <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty cool because a lot of t- most times people, forget, they can't really hone in and have that type of focus. And that's something, I call it the law of attraction. You write down your goals, you put it on your wall. Was that something that you did every year, or was it something that you did, you measured from uh, every four years, just as if the Olympics were coming up?
2: Every year, Spike. I would not only put a list of, of my goals, i will make a hit list. When I came back into the game, I made a hit list. I, I put down all the names of the people that either doubted me, and then I started putting out names of people who I thought were could be a competitive threat, and I just made a list. And I just make a hash mark. Every time I beat them, I'll go overseas somewhere and be gone for two weeks. I'll write down a notebook and I'll come back and I'll put it up on the dry eraser board. Boom, boom, boom. So at the end of the season, I see how many times I beat them. And 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 that's how I calculated my worth. So when I step back to the table, I had a number and said, I beat this guy 10 times. You know what I mean? He might beat me too, but I beat him when it counts.
1: With shoppers buying everything online these days, getting those holidays gifts for family and friends are going to be harder than ever. No need to worry because our friends at Seattle Shirt Company got us covered. Jay and the team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic from current superstars like LeBron James to the all-time legends like Jim Brown. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And for right now, for our listeners, we have a special one-time only pre-Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. So head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code Believe, BLEAV at checkout for 30% off your entire order. Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early.
0: That's amazing, man. I don't think I ever wrote the hit list down in the locker room or anything like that, but I did have the posters up as well. As a kid, I don't know if you remember, but Ricky Henderson—he played for Athletics and he played for the uh, for the Yankees. He was the stolen base champion for so many years. That was a person I had on my wall, and I, you know I love baseball, and I really thought that. I would stay being fast when I was younger, but genetics, weight came on, so I stayed in the football. Now I play offensive line, so, you know, it is what it is. But uh, you talking about that speed, man. Obviously, you're one of the fastest to ever do it, top five in the world in terms of your time. If you ever had to build a four-by-four relay team with all the greats, could be male or female, who would you have on that team?
2: Man. Out the hole, I'm going to put Christian Coleman out the hole. Um, Me on the back stretch, I will put uh, on the turn. I'll have to put uh, Allison Felix. And then uh, on the home straight, man, I I have to put probably Carl Lewis. You know what I mean? You know, when you think about relays, you think about what people bring to the table. You know, it's been times because of politics in the relays that you got four, you got three starters, three stars and one finisher. And somehow the finisher is lead, is is popping off the race. So you as as sprinters and relay runners, we know that what we bring to the table and we know where we fit at. And we never fight about it because we know what
1: we bring. Bro, you, you mentioned your U.S. teammate Christian Coleman, also a Tennessee Vol. What makes his future so bright? What are you looking forward to seeing him do, coming up in years to come?
2: That dog, that's that's what it is, man. You you know when you're an athlete and you see another athlete and you a dog, you you recognize another dog. You get that dog in him, man. Like he just he quiet, and he just want to get it done. He want to (laughs) bang. You know what I mean? And that's and that's a crazy thing is because when. I look at him, I got to look at him with a competitive mindset because before he even came into the professional realm, you know, me and him talked a lot, you know, I'll I'll tell him what, what is to come because I'm already as as a professional. So then when he got on the line, it's like, all right, man, I can't look at him as just like a friend or somebody I can talk to or somebody I give advice to. I got to look at him as my strongest or toughest competitor, you know? So it's, it's a weird situation, but. His future is bright. Once he gets on the track, is
1: he's like a steamroller, man. He's he's coming, bro. This is one more thing too. So when you see it, one of the things, the connotations that come with sprinters, regardless if female or mostly males that I see, it's the arrogance, it's the cockiness, <laughs> it's the swagger, bro. So like. Do you, is that a requirement? What is that, is it mandated that you gotta have it (laughs) to let everybody know you got the sauce or what?
2: Well, first of all, we don't get the privilege of having uh, four quarters, (laughs) or we don't get get the privilege of having two halves, like other sports. We get nine seconds, my brother, nine seconds to show off who we are and to be able to finish that race and show a little swag, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta have like an intro. And then when you come across that line, you got to be able to celebrate the right way because you only get nine seconds. I said you don't get no minute, you don't even get ten seconds. Sometimes it's nine seconds, do or die.
1: Well, I thought it was gonna. I thought I truly thought it was gonna happen for you, bro. Because I know I remember you had that tryout with the Houston, Texans. So how, how was that process being able to like take it from the track and then now being on the field? You
2: know, I never had this conversation with a. Uh, a professional football player ever before, so.
1: Shame on them. That's the reason why we're asking that.
2: (laughs) So, you know, the thing is that when I went into it, um, I really wanted to play defense, because in high school I played safety. But everybody was like, man, you got the speed. You got to play wide receiver. So literally I had to learn a whole craft that I never even knew before. I had to learn the route tree. I had to learn getting in and out of, you know, out of breaks. I had to learn to do everything. You know what I mean? Um, For I, the first team I went to was the New Orleans Saints. They gave me a shot, just raw. I ain't know nothing. And I remember Sean Payton came out there, and Sean was like, "I'm gonna coach you today." And it was just me and Sean on the field, working, you know, working drills, cone drills. And um, then he's like, "I'm gonna get the ball thrown to you." So I'm thinking it's gonna be, you know, third string practice squad, whatever you want to call it. You know, going to throw me the ball. Out of, out of the complex, walks Drew Brees himself. So I'm out there getting deep routes thrown to me by Drew Brees <laughs> and Sean Payton on the sideline. You know I me. Mean? I feel like I just won a radio
1: contest. Like you know I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know the crazy thing needs to say. You know I wish that if I went to the Saints last after I learned the the craft of being a wide receiver, I think I would have had an opportunity to be on the team. But I also knew that going from you know their Tampa Bay Buccaneers minicamp, the Texans, like you said. You know, I respect what you guys do on a different level. And I didn't want to turn myself into a circus where I'm going, bouncing around, trying to get onto a team where you guys work so hard to even stay on the team. So I said, you know what? Let me go back to a sport where I once was a king and work for that again.
0: That's amazing, man. You you know, what's crazy. You talk about that respect that uh, the track athletes have for the football players. Do you think some of these football players actually respect track athletes because a lot of the receivers, they say they can beat you guys in the race. I think they got the cheetah. You know what I'm saying? I know T.O. been talking smack. Chad Johnson. These guys, they really think they can compete with you guys on the track, man. Man,
2: you know what? It's like it's like it's like you being it's like you being born in in, born. You are an adult in the 1940s and you see a Ferrari pull up. That shit just blow your mind. You just blow your mind. You just, and that's how our speed is. Our speed is on a different level. You know what I mean? In two steps, we already two shoulder lengths in front of you. So, I mean, I entertain the fact. You know what I mean? I bring on all challenges. I love the race against football players. T.O.T.O. T-O, you know what time it is. We're about, pick, we're about to put something together for you guys. And it's going to be, you know, uh, erase racism. And that's what the race is going to be called. So, it's a, it's a play on words. where We're going to have uh, charities. where We're going to go out and put up against races. And we got like a bracket. We got uh, Marquise Goodwin who's gonna join in. Um, your boy B Marsh, he's gonna he's gonna come in. So we got a bunch of athletes that want to come. We got Allison Felix, Lolo Jones, who we trying to get into it as well. So we we not we not discriminating against nobody. But at, at the same time, with this whole pandemic going on, what we want to do is we want to bring a togetherness and a safe environment. But also we want to show that sports sports is the bearer of peace. You know what I mean? And that's what it's always been. So we should be able to work together to be able to uplift. Um, not just sports, but society, because it needs a little help right now.
1: Yeah, I, I actually spoke with To a few days ago, and he was, you know, he had some of the share some of the same sentiments as you. But then I had to, I had to push the, I had to poke the bear a little bit, and he was like, "Spikes, they think I'm playing. They don't think I can run no more." And I was like, T, I I feel you." But this young man over here just ran this nine eight about a year ago now, bro. So. So we definitely looking forward to that, man. So, any insight you can give us, though? Who, what leg you're, you will you be running, and uh, who you looking forward to to running up against? Oh man, I'm looking
2: at all comers right now, Spike. You know what I oh, mean? Uh, whatever, whatever. Talk whatever dirty tea to brings, them. Yeah, whatever T brings to the table, cause we want to mix it up. You know what I mean? We we yeah. want to do the football players against track athletes, but I think it'd be a better a better viewer experience if it's a mixed relay where you have track athletes with football players all together on the same team versus another team that has the same kind of like mix. So we're trying to bring it together. I'm trying to trying to call up some of my boys, see what they're doing. What I want to do is – I want to make sure we get the we get them everybody ready, everybody healthy. I don't want nobody talking no trash and they ain't they can't back it up. So we're talking about so, they pulling the
0: hamstring or something, right?
2: You know exactly how it is, exactly. You will have enough time to get all the hamstrings and ready to go, because we about to bring it.
0: <laughs> oh man, no doubt, no doubt, man. Hey, you got a, uh, I know you got a documentary in the works. Uh, can you give us anything on that yet?
2: You know, um my documentary is going to be a viewpoint from an artistic standpoint of my life, and my career, everything I've been through, um, all my ups and downs and my peaks and valleys. Um, but also it's to sh- it's to show the human side of me. You know, as athletes, you guys know on the football field is, you know, you almost feel like a robot sometimes. You know what I mean? And you got to you have to be perfect, you know what I mean, in the view in the uh, in the fans eyes, no matter what you do, if you miss a tackle, or if anything outside of, of sports, you have to be on the up and up. Um, I just wanna show everybody I never got a chance to, to to speak my point of my whole career. And I wanna have the opportunity to be able to show the world who I am as a person on and off the track.
1: Will you go back and, and be retro, I guess kind of be retroactive and, and and share what you went through earlier in your career as well leading, leading up to this moment? Everything, um, everything gonna be
2: on the table. Everything is fine. You know, my thing nowadays is if you're gonna tell a story, you gotta tell the whole story. Yeah. I mean, so so the thing is while well, I'm gonna give you bits and pieces and I'm gonna sugarcoat the story, I wanna give it to you raw. I wanna I want you to know the nights that I couldn't sleep or the nights I cried myself to sleep. I want you to know everything. You know, I want you to know the times where I, uh, you know, I was on basically on food stamps and had to build my build my way back up into a sport. You <clears> know <throat> what I mean? To where, you know, now I'm 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 living a dream that I I can't even imagine, you know? So I went from something to nothing. Now back Mm -hmm. to something.
0: It's heavy, man. And that story of perseverance, we love it. We talk about that all the time on the BTN podcast. We definitely appreciate you uh, joining us, man. You mentioned before you were training for those 2020 Olympics. They were postponed due to COVID. And um, you say you're going to compete next year. What would it mean for Justin Gatlin? To stand on that Olympic podium and be draped with another Olympic medal one more time,
2: man, um, it'd be unfathomable. Like it'd be, I can't even, I can't even think of the emotions that I would have because, you know, from having so much success in my first Olympics in two thousand four, to be able to be on an Olympic team again in twenty twenty one, that's unheard of, man. Usually. Track athletes have a short cycle where, you know, they'll make one Olympic team and not make the next one or the one after that. And they and they pretty much are retired within three to four years. I've been blessed to be able to go this long. Um, so to be able to be on top of that podium,
1: man, you just have to watch and see because I'm going to be watching myself. <laughs> we'll definitely be watching and seeing man and and, uh before we let you get out of here i wanted to ask you one more question though so in this in the racism race to end racism do you think that you guys may have any categories for big plus size models running down the uh down the track because two is definitely ready to showcase his speed and his skills
2: uh, you know what? I think we have a spot for him, man. You know, it, it depends what you you want. You want a little lead, too? You know what I mean? Now, you want a little
0: bit? You want you know a head up? Listen, I need one of those... I need you know, one of, the, need one of those... I'm with you. yo. I need, I need one of those curves, because I, I understand from what I understand, the second and fourth leg are the longest ones. Those, that's where your horses run. I'm more like a like a, a little mammoth or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I mean? Um, I... You, nah. you know
2: what at the end of the day we, we can even switch it up for you though you know what i'm saying you can have a guy on the curve run a little longer and give you that give you that well, glory that glory well, yeah. leg is where you bring it home where you hold the baton come across the finish line you know what i mean Those that would be great for a plus size model. Like, man
0: he leg. don't get caught <laughs> spice spice you want to get out there how about that you go on whoever else team i'm on gat team and then that's what i'm talking through. about then and give us the damn handoff it, it, at the same it time it at the same hey. damn time
2: all I know is, and I, in our world, don't get whooped, okay? Don't get that, Whoa,
0: <laughs> Whoa, don't get
1: that <laughs>
0: When that neck gets short, uh, <laughs> and that refrigerator is on your back. your back, oh man, I'm with it though. I, I feel that at my age, knowing how my brother works out, he does his his Peloton, he does his yoga, and I'm still in the gym running and stuff. You know what I mean? Doing sprints, treadmills. I think I, I think I got him now. You, you ten years ago, Spice got me. Now, oh yeah. And I got Gat as my trainer.
2: You're done. Well, that's it then. I think we got I think we got a little, little a little competition right here that we need to bring on to the race.
1: Damn that's right. True. We don't go oh, behind okay. the mask and we don't go behind the track because I'm I'm oh. smoking everything. Gat. But listen, man, we appreciate the time. <laughs> I need that training regimen because just like you're getting ready for 2021 for the Olympics, I'm getting ready for 2021 running with the Bulls in Spain. Mm. Oh yeah! I don't know what you got for me, dog. Give me some of that heat or something to put on them hamstrings. I ain't trying to be on that YouTube video being rewinded. (laughs)
2: Hey, you gonna be world? Don't be world star, brother.
1: I know it (laughs) ain't.
2: Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow. First of all, running with the bulls is on my bucket list, so I definitely want to do that when I retire, man. So hats off to you, man. That's that's a beautiful thing. Um. But tomorrow, my workout going to be repeat 500. I don't think you want none of that. But at the same time, I know you don't want no bullhorns either. So, but, you know. <laughs> Come on out. Do something. I got I got the regimen for you, though. I got the regimen for you.
1: Already, bro. We got you, man. Appreciate your time, my G. Oh, yeah, appreciate good.
2: it, guys. Thank you very much, man.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.